0: If you would go ahead and open up to John chapter 21, John 21. I'm going to read verse 25 here from John 21. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Jesus's life was around 30 years and his ministry here on this earth was around three or so years. And John makes the claim here that if we had a recording of everything that Jesus did and thought about, that the world itself did not or would not have enough room to contain everything. Sometimes I wish these books had been written, that we had other recordings of the things Jesus thought about, maybe some other miracles that he did. But as I start thinking about that, I realize that I'm convicting myself because I don't know everything that there is to know about Jesus from the books that we do have. We talk about being Christ's followers, but we can be better students about learning about the things that he said, the things that he thought and what he did. Let's look at John 20 verses 30 and 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John says that there's a lot of other things that could have been written, but these were written and are sufficient for us to know Jesus. Notice here what is attached to knowing Jesus, to understanding him, to living in him. Attached to it is life. This getting to know Jesus thing is all about if I want to get life. If I know the Lord as I should, it should permeate all of my interactions and the things that I talk about and how I handle all situations in this life. Paul says in Philippians 3, we're not going to flip over there, but that he counted all things but loss outside of the pursuit of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says that he wanted to share both in his sufferings and also in the power and promise of his resurrection. John starts his book that way. Let's go to John 1. John 1, we'll look at verses 9 through 12. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you look in verse 9 here, there is this promise about the Lord. And in this description, that he is the light that is coming into the world that enlightens every man. The light, John says here uh, in verse 4 of this chapter, is the life of man. There's a connection between Jesus being the light and enlightenment. And people are enlightened by Jesus, and there is life in that. Look at verse 12 again. But to all who did not receive him, who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are doing something together today. This text says that we are God's kids, that we as Christians are his children. We every week get together in this family reunion as God's kids. And we are expected to know Jesus. So this morning, as we prepare our minds to remember his sacrifice, I want us to quickly look at two groups of people in the New Testament that were expecting Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 2. Matthew chapter 2. So the first group that we're gonna look at here are the wise men that came to visit baby Jesus, and we're wanting to see him. So let's look at this scene in verses one through 12 and then pull a few thoughts from it. Matthew two, verse one. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This story is one that I've at least heard since a real little kid. And there's a lot of tradition and legend that goes around these wise men that are in the story. Uh, Most people try to say that there were three wise men, but we see that the text gives no indication of the number of wise men, other than that they were plural. We don't know their names but this is a real story. This is a real thing that happened. This is a real group of people searching for Jesus. And it sounds like these guys were truly looking for something. So number one from this, we see that the world was waiting. Not just the Jews, but also the people in the East, knowing that this was a special time and they were looking for it. Even without being around the Jews or being in the temple, they were looking in expectation for Jesus. It's interesting that some of the first people to come see the Messiah were not even really Jewish. Maybe it's foreshadowing that Jesus was not just for the Jews, but for everyone. Gentiles would come and these did. Notice in the story that they worshiped him. They worshiped baby Jesus. Can you picture that? What that would have looked like it's likely that they bowed down on the ground right there can you imagine joseph and mary watching these wise men worship baby jesus i learned from this story that jesus was to be a king a priest and a sacrifice did you catch that The reason people say that there were three wise men is because they bring at least three gifts. We don't know how many, but the three that they did bring, you have the gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You give gold to kings. You give frankincense to priests, that was a priestly thing, and myrrh was for embalming the dead, and that was used in the process of burying. From the very beginning of his life, we see that Jesus, is to be king, priest, and sacrifice for us. When you get the time, go back and read all of these stories again of Jesus's early life. And picture yourself right there beside him, watching all of this. These wise men made the journey from so far away and were so excited, so excited that, of what they found, that they would worship Jesus and praise God because of this tiny baby. Let's look at one more group of expectant people. Let's look at Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two. So eight days after Jesus was born Mary takes baby Jesus to the temple to have him circumcised. This was the Jewish law, and so that's why they were there. They get to the temple in verse 25. We're going to read 25 through 38. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed and there is a prophetess Anna the daughter of Thaniel of the tribe of Asher she was advanced in years having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84 She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. So two other people expecting Jesus the Messiah, Simeon and Anna. How do you picture them? Both of them are said to be devout people who were always worshiping in the temple. You could always find them there. Mary and Joseph bring baby Jesus into the temple to fulfill the custom, and it seems like Simeon kind of out of nowhere comes and scoops up this baby Jesus and starts saying some things. The reason he did this is because God had promised him in some miraculous way that he would not die until he saw the consolation of Israel. He doesn't stop there. And in verse 30, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. What a weird thing to say about a baby. I don't know what it would have been like to be Mary or Joseph. I don't know how often old people in the temple scooped up babies. But listen closely to what Simeon says in verses 29 and 30. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Joseph and Mary would have understood what Simeon meant when he said this. Now Simeon, this old devout man can depart in peace. A man who had seen Israel fall apart and had seen the Romans invade his country had seen some horrible things in his life and he just wanted to see how God was going to fix all of it and he did and then you have Anna Anna and Simeon together represent something important Jesus didn't come just to redeem men but women too Jesus came for everyone We're not told anything that Anna says specifically. But we are told that Anna began to talk to him in verse 38. And then she began to tell other people about him. She got the privilege to see the baby Jesus and she goes around telling other people all about the Messiah that she has seen. Simeon says that Jesus would bring to light the things that are hidden in human hearts. From the time that he was young, Jesus had the ability to get in people's heads and hearts and shine lights in places where nobody wanted to go. To deal with things about themselves that nobody wanted to think about. You can't study the man and not be affected by the things that he said and the things that he taught. Simeon, toward the end of his speech here, looks at Jesus' mom, looks at Mary, and says, and don't think you'll be able to escape being impacted by all the things that he will say and do. He says, it will be like a sword cutting through you, maybe implying that she, his mother, was going to have to watch this baby die one day. The rest of the gospels tell us about how this baby grew, how he lived up to all three gifts presented by the wise men, how he is the king, the priest, and the sacrifice. The king who created the universe and came here to save us from sin, the high priest who serves as our intercessor to God and the sacrifice, the perfect lamb who died for us so that we can be saved. And just like the wise men were expecting Jesus and just like Simeon and Anna were expecting the Messiah. Those of us today who are Christians are urgently expecting Jesus to come again. This time not starting as a baby. But just like Simeon was looking forward to Looking forward to him undoing all the wrong of the world and setting everything right. So, we're about to remember his sacrifice. We're going to have a couple of prayers and remember what Jesus, the king, the prophet, and the sacrifice.